Disruptors and curious minds, welcome to another episode of Thinking on Paper, where we talk to founders and builders designing the next version of the world. My name is Jeremy Gilbertson. I'm founder of a, uh, something called Write to Know You. I like to write, I like to read, think, and process to understand what the heck is going on in the world. A lot coming at us. With me, as always, is Mark Fielding, talented writer, lore developer, uh, subject matter expert in Web3 for hire, this guy is. Uh, we're thankful to have him on the show. Mark, I would love you to tell these guys about the book club. <laughs> I can't believe you've dragged me off Farcaster to speak about the book club. Now, um, should I be hosting an emerging tech po podcast when my favorite tech is books? Um, so Yes, absolutely. It's the original tech. Words, the, are, words the and letters. Tech. The original so think, tech. Thinking on Paper has a book club every week. Me and Jeremy and the community explore the chapter of a book in detail. Um, why? Why do we do this? Book clubs, um, they, they help you connect the dots more deeply, don't they? You think in new ways when you're bouncing ideas and perspectives off other people, the um, strategies and insight that you might miss all kind of percolates to the surface. So we do it because it helps us understand the books better. So thinking on paper XYZ to, to learn more about the book club. But today's show, the this is your one, Jeremy. You're excited about this one. We've done a few shows on emerging technology and music. We had um, In The Full, Music In The Metaverse, still our most watched YouTube video. We had uh, Jesper Nordin, the personalization of in-game music. And we had this Joe, is we, the final one. Well, we had Joe Belliotti too, the oh, former of head of music of Coca-Cola. So on the brand yeah. side, he had, and that's a great episode if you brand folks are trying to figure out how to integrate with music. Joe knows his stuff. Uh, you can find the podcast uh, everywhere you listen to him and even on YouTube, right? Um, so yeah, today is exciting. Um, we wanted, and it definitely aligns with with our wonderful sponsor, Ripple, W-R-I-P-P-L-E, Marketing's on-demand talent platform. So what these guys do is they have 3,000 plus vetted solopreneurs, experts of their craft uh, at your disposal. So they do a great job of like building and stacking these teams of interdisciplinary experts to point to whatever project or program you have going on. So check those guys out. They're wonderful. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. So um, our guest today is Toa Dunn. He spent a decade, I believe nearly a decade, maybe in and around, basically defining what music means to a major gaming company, Riot Games. Um, through the lens of music, he actually extended in-game IP into the realm of music and kind of blurring the lines between that experience. And guess what's happening right now in the market? Like the lines between music and gaming are, are really blurring, right? Because musicians are trying to figure out what next level experiences could look like, access to gaming engines and being able to build something in Fortnite, in Fortnite development tools. Like there's all kinds of access to that stuff now. On the flip side, you have gamers that are like, you know, not everyone can should be building a game because games are games and they're difficult to manage and build and make meaningful and impactful. So anyway, they're almost inseparable, really, aren't they? Now, music and gaming, gaming and music, it, they're becoming, yeah, connected so deeply. And the, the, it's, now you can't remove that link. It's... Absolutely. So what so what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a couple things. We're going to talk about what it takes to build and inspire teams in, in kind of the murky waters of interdisciplinary innovation. I know that was a lot that I threw out there, but I, I want to think about that. And it ties into the nexus from our book club. We did a whole book 
eight episodes on on how music or how art, technology, and science kind of come together and are orchestrated to build new and great things. We'll also talk about the future of music and all of that. So I'm tired of talking. You're tired yeah. of probably listening to me come talk. On, let's bring in. On. Let's bring in our our guest Toa. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Really excited about this. This is, like I said, this is one of the topics that I love diving into. I'm super passionate about it. So looking forward to this. Awesome. Well, let's, hey, let's ju jump right in the waters. And I want to, I want to bring a little bit of kind of the, some of the stuff you've done in the past to kind of level set where we're going and, and people can kind of get their heads around some of the teams you had to build. So to start, like, what does a music strategy look like for a gaming company? Yeah, so it can really depend, right? So uh, depending on the studio and the games, the types of products and types of games, right? So um, there's many different genres of games and how music really works with those games can be very different, um, right? So for example, for, for many very competitive games, you know, kind of like League of Legends, um, it's really, I can kind of compare it to like a sport itself, like if you're into NBA and watch basketball, but music's role in a highly competitive game, maybe more for the background. And often, you know, sometimes it can kind of disturb the experience of gameplay. So for example, many competitive players, they really need to be keen on what's going on in the game, right? They're kind of listening to anything that gives them, you know, kind of what's going on in the game, um, where, the where the competitors are, they need to be really in tune for the game. So the music itself can get in the way of that. So often they may even need to mute it. They don't want it so upfront, right? So if you ever go to an NBA game, for example, a, a live NBA game, you know, they play the music in between gameplay, but once the gameplay starts, the players need to be able to hear everything that's going on, the calls that they have going between each other. And so the music can play farther back. Now, obviously if you get into other genres of games, you know, like um, more narrative driven, um, maybe music can have more of a upfront kind of role in that experience. And so the music strategy can be quite different. Um, it just really depends on the game and your kind of overall goals. Um, while I was at Riot, um, we kind of, the strategy really, we started off kind of trying to figure out what music's role could be. And at that time, which was just League of Legends, and then became esports and then film and TV later on with Arcane and then of course our other games like Valorant, TFT. And so the music strategy really was theirs. I approached it from the lens of what could music really add to the experience? Where can we really inject music to amplify the experience, enhance the experience for players? Um, can we deepen and foster that connection, whether to the IP or to the game itself? So there's almost not a single strategy often, um, at least that's that's kind of been my approach, um, but it's more of just like figuring out what mechanics of music you can really pull to help enhance the overall player experience, if that makes sense. 100 percent makes sense and and quick shouts to uh to the, to the great nolan ether joining us he's got us paired so hello to nolan's audience uh, out there today um nolan's digging your setup there toa um <laughs> one of one of the interesting things so here's uh, for those of you that listen to the show I've, you know most of you know i'm kind of a lacrosse nerd i still play i coach high school teams and club teams and very involved in lacrosse we had brendan coleman from the premier lacrosse league on the show and they use music indoor lacrosse uses music in a very interesting way right you talk about like an nba music's in between in mm -hmm. in indoor lacrosse music is used during the game like while it's happening so when your team the home team has the has the ball on offense 
it's you hear like you know danger zone like Kenny Loggins right but when when they're when the opposing team is on offense you'll hear like the Carpenters or something so it's this very like they use music in a, in a cool way but like Toe you mentioned something it again Joe Belliotti who's a guest on the show hinted at that he always said you know what music can do for that situation and what that situation can do for music and how do you how did you use that to to bring on partners in the right way uh, that were aligned with what was important for gaming. Yeah, right. So this gets into that space of, you know, authenticity is the word that's often used of how well you can integrate music and partners um, into gaming. So for us, it was really a growing, kind of a growing and understanding um, on the way. So some of our earlier projects was trying to figure that out. So, I, you know, some of my first projects, this had to have been 2013 or so with League, is you know releasing new characters was our bread and butter um and so we were looking for ways of how music can really enhance you know just that experience we have these new characters and instead of leaning into you know you have this new character and you have this more kind of background soundtrack to some visual element to kind of like show who the character is we wanted to push this a little bit more um and so we'd had this character, his name was uh, Lucian, and he was kind of this like Neo from the Matrix, futuristic gunner, very slick and fast um, ADC. And so we kept thinking about music that was, you know, very high tempo and you know, like electronic music. And we kept referencing um, the Crystal Method, in fact. And so for us, that was kind of the the connection. And so we had reached out to the Crystal Method and ended up producing a song um, to help launch and release this new character Lucian and so I think it's really about it's a few things it's one it's the overall like strategy of how music fits in but you also want to hit that kind of authenticity right like you want the creative synergy to match of the partner you're working with as well as the product that it is or um, whatever it's supposed to be a part of because it's it can be easy to just say hey there's a there's a partner we want to work with and just slap that on anything um, but it doesn't quite fit well, right? So that becomes kind of the art of trying to figure out how to find the right partners for the right products or experiences um, at that time. If that makes sense. Is that ever? Is there ever a conflict of interest between the audience playing the game and the game itself, whereby the game might lend itself to this particular style of music, but the audience who are playing the game would run a mile from that particular kind of music? Oh. Def definitely right that, that's probably always a risk um the thing i used to i mean i can laugh at it now right but the thing i used to be nervous about all the time is you know you never know if the audience the players are actually going to like what you're about to deliver like you don't know until they get it in their hands and they play with it a little bit and then they'll give you feedback right so that that to me was always the scariest moment where you've spent nine months to a year working on something you know your whole team blood sweat and tears and then you're like I hope they like this thing because <laughs> we're about to put it out there. Um, so that that's when you end up spending the most time on YouTube, watching all the feedback and reaction videos and really trying to get a sense. So, you know, it obviously helps to be really in touch with the game and the player base. Um, you know, a lot of us played league a lot. And so that helped us of having kind of that guiding star of kind of, you know, both from a craft perspective and a curation perspective. Um, so, yeah, you, 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 it can, you hope it doesn't, you know, you don't have that effect where you put something out there and it's like, that's not what we want. But of course that could always happen. Like that's the risk. Right. 
and especially before, if you're trying oh go ahead no no sorry i thought my apologies for interrupting just before we move on um are these original pieces that the musicians are making or are these generally you're using former tracks or is it a mix yeah it's a mix it can really depend on a few things right one your budget um and two you know there's if you have you know you could have we have an internal team of compos composers right and producers um but you can also work with other highly talented composers that aren't part of the company right and then you can also work with you know more you know musicians singer songwriters and things like that maybe that are more well known as well so all of that comes into being a part of your decision matrix of well what are we trying to create here does this need to be something absolutely bespoke right um you know if you're if you have this uh you know maybe it's a trailer but it's it's not you know you're building this trailer and it's really trying to deliver on a heavy narrative right so the pacing is really on emotion and story um, you may need a composer to really just kind of compose, you know, against that, right? Because it's not just going to be a song playing, right? It needs to hit the emotional parts at the parts that you need and deliver that kind of story and emotion arc um, versus maybe you just need something that's really hype and exciting, right? It's just kind of like a reel of action. And maybe you can work with a cool artist that has great songs and you can just kind of, you know, build a visual alongside that so it is a mix and part of that part of that is what you need to try to figure out is like what's going to make sense for this yeah ab absolutely um quick shouts from uh to italy pier paolo good to see you out here thanks Buongiorno. for listening yeah what's happening man we're global top is global um so all right we're talking about music from the outside in to gaming let's talk about music or let's talk about gaming from inside the game projecting outside to music right so let me let me clarify that a little bit so you've taken ip within a game and basically created artists that make and release music that were essentially characters or skins or whatever in a game what was it like to to do that and and how did you figure out how to select the right one to start with <laughs> um yeah great question Right. So there's um, <clears throat> a pretty heavy kind of creative and strategic process in that. Right. So we had created, you know, our first actually our first band really was Pentakill, which is a heavy metal band um, and Pentakill, the characters themselves. Right. So we have characters within League of Legends. Right. We have this great IP. They had this great IP and all these characters and we call them, you know, right, calls them champions. Um, and then creating these kind of costumes or alternate universes or versions of them is kind of the bread and butter uh, for League of Legends, you know, kind of new ways to kind of experience and play as those characters. So Pentakill had already existed in the game um, when I came on board. Um, there wasn't any true music activation on it, um, but we had seen like some players around the world that would cosplay as them and act as if they were like this band that did play music, right? So they were really kind of pushing the lore forward of like, all right, cool, they exist in game. What if we kind of acted like them? And so we took that of interest because a few, you know, a few of our like composers and teammates really were into metal, of course, and a lot of us love metal. And so we, we kind of asked ourselves, what if they did, what if they really were a band? What would that be like? And so, you know, it was like, oh, they'd have this album. So we, you know, it was a passion project of the team kind of on the weekends. 
of you know recording, writing, and recording, acting as if this group Pentakill was a band, and then we released their music as if they were banned. So it wasn't this, hey, League of Legends or Riot Games has done this metal album. We we kind of looked at gorillas to an extent. So we we created a website. It was like pentakillmusic.com or something like that. And we put their first single on there. Um, and then with an, you know, kind of a callback that in the next week or two, the full album was going to drop. So we just kind of treated them like a, a real, like a real band. And that was kind of an experiment with us. It, it resonated really well with our players. And then, you know, we ended up doing Pentakill three times. And then um, when we got into KDA, which was 2018, it was, this is when we actually had to create the band, right? So KDA did not exist. There were many characters to select from. So we went through this kind of creative and strategic process of one, figuring out, all right, who are the roles of this you know, of this band, what are the roles and kind of the tropes that we think are exciting? Um, like who's the lead singer? And then from there, you have to kind of look at this roster of characters from League of Legends and then try to figure out, well, who would make a good lead singer, right, of this group? And so from there, you kind of picked and built this band, right? And at the same time, you're building out their personality and the things we, we thought about were, you know, since these characters already existed, people had a connection to these characters in League of Legends. So you didn't want to just take a character and totally transform them in a way where people almost wouldn't recognize or even believe that like that's that character, right? So you have these kind of core truths to the character, like their personality, who they are, and you kind of adjusted them slightly. You made them a more, there was like a more modern take to them, but they were still that character, right? Um, uh, thanks for sharing that leak as well. Pentakill, uh, great music. You should check it out. But, um, right. So it was really, I'm a big metal fan. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you some more links. Um, it's, it's great music. And I, I actually, for my workouts and everything, uh, the first album, especially is still on my rotation. Um, but yeah, so that became the creative process is really trying to figure out who are the right characters, what are their stories, how, and how they work together. And then cool, let's create some music that really fits for this band that comes from this band. And so um, it, it's really interesting to kind of go through that process of like building a band. It's like, for me, it was like, how do we build the ultimate band, right? Because um, we're really doing this for players um, and then getting into the you know music production, creative, what is the story behind them um, and everything. So that was an incredible process and it was definitely new at the time when we were doing it. Um, and so we learned, learned an incredible lot as far as like what it takes to, to do something like that. Amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm definitely going to jump into that, uh, workout rotation today and see if I see, see what I'm a metal guy too. Um, you ever, have you ever played on any, any th virtual bands, Jeremy? Have I played as a, as the musician in a virtual band? Yeah. No. I haven't. Like as a character in a game or anything? No, I haven't yet. On on your list. Put it on your list. It's on my list for sure. Yeah. That and making uh making the soundtrack or making the sound of the next uh innovation of a car, right? You know, Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer's already jumped on that, but uh maybe I could maybe I could get like the K cars or like, you know, some kind of used Datsun that goes no, electric. You, you yeah. look you look like a young James Hetfield. You gotta go for the, yeah. the virtual metal band. Dig it. Dig it. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so let's all right. So we talked about a couple of examples, Toa. Let's let's get some more of the framework of of teams, right? So mm -hmm. there are there are two teams. The way I see it, just in my mind, and feel free to riff on this, but like there 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 
there are teams internal to like a company's core business, right? So if we stay in the realm of Riot Games, you know, it's the it's the game development team, right? As you know, just to be very general with it. And then you have teams that are adjacent to the core business to basically push the boundaries a little bit and like explore um, new adjacencies that could potentially turn into, you know, additives to that core business. So what are some of the key uh, things to consider in building the team that kind of lives in the adjacent possible, so to speak? And, and what qualities of people do you look for and how do you connect and inspire those people? Yeah, like <clears throat> this is um, it's a great question, right? So there's there's this kind of progress to that, right? So starting off, you know, music at Riot in the, in the early days was really a part of right. So games being the the core product and everything's built into that. You know, music was there to support the game, um, and in the very first and early days, um, through time after doing some great, you know, activations, you know, characters that are being released. So we're, we're creating music to help support and launch new characters. We're doing music videos. Um, and our ambitions kind of really grew because, you know, we were hearing from our players how much they loved our music, right? It, it, it started to become core to the brand to an extent. There was a, a funny joke in, in certain parts of um, especially in Asia, certain parts of the world where they would make this joke of Riot Games is a is a music company that happened to make a great game, <laughs> um, right? And so that's when we, that's we, when we're getting that kind of feedback. We're like, all right, maybe we should put more into this, right? So there was this starting off as like a support team of the core product, and then we started trying some things and had this dream and ambition, like, well, what if we were another pillar within Riot Games, right? And this kind of gets into things of like early thinking about, you know right entertainment to an extent right like hey the, what if we were more than games and you know music was really starting to prove that it could connect to players and this is at the same time that we had you know esports really we were starting to really invest in esports so with with the game being the core product and then you had music and you had kind of esports at that time um we started trying some things that weren't always there to support specifically a product in the game Right. So we started building this core team within music with the ambition to be kind of a core pillar within Riot Games, or if you were to title it Riot Entertainment to an extent. Right. And so what that required, too, is it's kind of like running a startup, right, where, you know, you have the core company. And since you're not you're not really always a part of the core product itself, which is video games, um, you have to find ways to still help and drive value. Um, for the company, right? So we were definitely hitting kind of on these metrics of, you know, the brand, right? Like really enhancing the brand and also still finding ways to support car core products. So we had kind of this mid stage of trying to discover and figure out what could music really be almost on it, almost on its own. Um, but we still wanted to help and support thing, other products across um, Riot Games, right? So we also were helping esports itself right so with the opening ceremonies and the music that's involved in there um and this is when we really got into kind of music strategy overall for riot where it wasn't just hey let's let's do music that supports the whatever new product is coming out it was how can we look across all products and how can music integrate into everything both esports on you know live events and production as well as the broadcast itself that gets more into like sync um and, and things like that and so we were really just growing the music team 
with this ambition of like, what if it was not always connected to a core product? And we fell in this really cool spot in 2018 with KDA where, you know, you can kind of think of these teams at Ride is, you know, Ride Games was, you know, especially early on, very flat company, right? And highly empowered teams. So you had these individual teams, you, you can think of it like, you know, uh, League of Legends, the MOBA game, right? You had esports over here and you kind of had music that was growing over here as well. Um, and there's other teams, there's merch and, and whatnot, but each and every team was highly empowered, you know, to, you know, hey, esports, be the best esports, um, you know, team you can be, ha build esports to be the greatest esports if you can, right? And so these teams were highly empowered. Um, the con or the other side of the coin is all these teams had their own goals, right? So they were all driving to pursue their own goals. So when it came to working together, um, that's actually really tough because everybody has their own goals. It's like, how do you, you know, you have all these brothers and sisters, but they all have their own kind of goals and ambitions. So it's actually really hard to get them to work together um, to kind of create this concept of like, does one plus one equal one or can one plus one equal a bigger number if we actually collaborate together, right? Can we create something bigger at that moment? And so KDA was a really great, like for me, it was probably one of the biggest wins like behind the scenes because um, there was, there's this campaign I had to go on really where, where I was, you know, I had built this kind of concept around this band, but I was like, I think this, this needs to work across all products. Like I want to debut this band at esports at our world finals, which is like our Super Bowl. Can they be the, the featured performers? Right. Um, and of course we're going to do music and the album. And then we also want to integrate them into the game and have these great skins and things like that. And so, you know, I used to joke that, about a third of my deck was actually about that was the on the concept of like how do we get teams together who have different goals how do we kind of structure that um and so that was one of the first times that we really did that well at riot and it was it was amazing it was incredibly tough right or you the way i try to kind of give the idea is you know when teams have their own goals and their own built pipelines right for example you'll have a a, a creative director but each team has its own creative director. So who's making the creative decision, right? Like, hey, this should look a certain way. Who who actually is right? And, That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when, let, let's just say, in the game, right? So when you build assets for in a game, like League of Legends is this top-down view. So the assets technically are like really squished and fat because to be able to see the characters and play with them, right? So things like shoes, you can't see the shoes, right? But on in our music videos the shoes are actually pretty important to us We're like oh that's going to tell a lot. are they in heels how do they look um and so you have people who will have opinions based on which team they're on because it could affect our you, you know you may say like ah oh, we can't do that because that's not going to look good on stage like you know when we put them on stage it may look great in the game uh, or it may look great on stage but nobody's going to see it in the video like nobody's going to see the earring in the video game right um so but the, but the earring, the earring is very meaningful to the person that's trying to design it, driven by another goal that's that's not necessarily a counter, but you know maybe just a little far off. So one yeah. one quick follow up on something you said earlier mm -hmm. was you know, is this idea of like 